everyone, and welcome to Movie Mandates. I'm Kelly. And I'm Andrew. And this is the show where my brother and I force each other to watch movies every month based on a certain monthly theme. This month it is April, and it is Sing For Me Month, so I made Andrew watch Moulin Rouge. But before we talk about that, it is only fair that he challenged me in this today's segment of Trivial Trivia. Okay, okay. so today's Trivial Trivia question will be a spoiler for a movie that's over 20 years old, so, you know. <clears throat> okay. Spoiler alert. <laughs> right. So, Moulin Rouge. Yes, yes. I watched it. Yeah, so did I. Okay. Dying in Christian's arms, Satine asks him to tell their story so she will always be with him. Yeah, yeah. While dying in the arms of Conan the Barbarian, what does Valeria ask of him? Oh, mother of... Okay, kiss me? One more... No, I'm joking. That's literally it. Yeah, she has to, she has to be kissed. Yep. I mean, I'm, I'm like, you're looking at Conan, you know, so yeah. She, 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 she wants a snog. Is I, that, she she has, literally says, I think she literally says something like, I want to breathe my last breath into your mouth. And I'm like, okay, that went from romantic to just gross. <laughs> That's just so gross now. What I know you're going to, so the reason I said kiss me was because I I figured that that was the parody that um was it Hot Shots they did at the end of the Hot Shots movie. Oh god, with, they might, yeah. And she was like coughing up blood and coughing like, up blood. Kiss me, kiss me, kiss me. And he's like, oh, do I ha was that Hot Shots? Uh, it's one of those. Like, oh, yeah. do I have to? And she's <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, what what's interesting yeah. is um, uh, both Valeria and um Satine um complain about um being cold so cold. so cold and both ask to be held so it's so uh you know moulin rouge was ripping off conan because exactly the same death scene this See, i was feeling that i was actually feeling that i was like ooh, you know watching this again so many years later but like you know for the 400th time i i feel like that was something i should have picked up <laughs> way back when do you remember who um surely you remember who plays conan the barbarian arnie right but do you remember who plays valeria oh no that's red sonia i'm like uh, brigitte nielsen she is in red sonia though <gasps> oh Oh, is she the 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 black-hatted queen woman uh, oh queen i Gedrin, don't know yeah it's sandal bergman God, I wouldn't have pulled that name out. But I'm like, uh, but oh, you, it was this you, one. <laughs> uh, but you had the right person. Yeah, yeah. She plays Queen Gedrin in um, uh, Red Sonia, and she's Man. in other light masterpieces like um, Did... Hell Comes to Frogtown. <laughs> Masterpiece. Yep. I was going um, with, I was um, not, be who's the lady of Beastmaster with Kodo and Pogo, the ferrets? Which I'm allergic to, or Hodo and Pogo. Well, you mean the witch and Beastmaster too? Is like my, yeah. my cleavage cleaves itself. Um, that's not Sandal Bergman. That's um, no, but 
I don't know who it is. It's I'm actually not... trying trying to think of who who is a gal in uh, the first Beastmaster. I think it's oh the little wavy what... one. Yeah, I think I think it's she played Sheena. Uh, what is her name? Oh man, that's that's gonna bug me. I'm gonna have to imdb it. Uh, imdb Beastmaster. Uh, no, that's a, that's a T. Tanya Roberts. Yeah, that, she did play Sheena. Um. And who who is uh, Carrie Word was the 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 sidekick gal in the um the second movie? But what's the uh, Sarah Douglas? <laughs> that's 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 what who the this the witch who's like why does everyone want to cleave my bosom? <laughs> Amazing. Who actually we saw uh, two months ago in um, Return of the Living Dead the, three? Yep, 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 yep. All right. So, well, good. I'm well I got one. Yes. All right, so <clears throat> I win, and now we get to talk about Moulin Rouge. So, so you um, win again? <laughs> I win again. <laughs> this is my day. This is my day. No. Um. So I was I I was watching it last night yet again okay. for the like I said four hundred seventieth time. Okay. Um. Enjoyed every moment of it. Mm-hmm. The first twenty minutes, though. I was trying to think about how many times you wanted to turn it off. Hmm. And I, and I was like, he's just got to get through this. He's, it's going to be okay, brother. Just get through. Just It's okay. I understand that there is no take longer than five seconds. We're going to get there. How'd you do? Um... Oh. I, oh. I I feel like I I need to preface Start somewhere else. my okay. review. Okay. Uh, because asking what I thought of Moulin Rouge is kind of like asking what I thought of a any sitcom without me first explaining that I don't like sitcoms. Like something about the format that uh, so, okay. just doesn't work for me. Okay. Um, Moulin Rouge is a jukebox musical. That it is. I'm not the biggest fan of jukebox musicals. Um, And it's more of a, it's kind of a music snobbery thing, really. Um, It's not like there's no reason to do it. There are many valid reasons to do a jukebox. Kelly, explain to the nice audience, what is a jukebox musical? Right. So a jukebox jukebox musical, whoa, is one that uses pre- made songs that are in pop culture and uses those in the musical as the songs that the characters are singing. Um, Footloose, which is on Broadway, has Let's Hear It For The Boy and Footloose. And they sing that within the actual musical because, you know, Kenny Loggins didn't write it for the musical. It was just used in the musical. Moulin Rouge uh, really plays with a lot of the construction of the song more than some jukebox musicals do. Mm-hmm. Some are more uh, straightforward. Um, one of the more recent, I guess, ones was um, the one with Stacey Jack's Tom Cruise, um, Rock of Ages. That's a mm. jukebox musical. It's was interesting. Was La La Land a jukebox musical? I don't remember... Because I hated it so it much okay. that it is so like I remember one scene and it's uh, a scene of um, 
a pre-recorded song. So that's mm-hmm. the only one. And no, it's not the dancing scene. The one when on she, the freeway? Uh, it's he's the one that's um, all, in all the marketing. Oh, yeah. Right. Um, terrible. But yeah. So, no, I've I've flushed that one out of my mind. Maybe it was. I don't I truly do not recall. I would have to almost think no. Only because I would remember the songs better if it right. was. Um, so a jukebox musical is a musical that is predominantly, if not entirely, non-original music. Right. Song, songs that are right. sung by the cast of the musical. Yeah. Now, for me, I, I, fi- I generally find jukebox musicals frustrating because I'm like, if you're going to do a musical, I want to hear original music, <laughs> you know? Right, and, right. I mean, it's hard. It's unfair, but it's hard for me not to sit there and think, you're only doing a jukebox musical because you can't write your own original music. And hell, if I were to do a musical, I'd have to do a jukebox musical because I don't have the budget to hire someone who can write music and I sure as hell can't do it myself. Right. So I find it so fascinating. So there are jukebox musicals like this one and like rock of ages and a few others that, that, that I know about. And then they have gone into like the Carol King and Gloria Stefan and um who else? But there's a few musicians or um um Green Day uh has American Idiot. So like those are like just one artist's musical, but it's all that artist's music. And so that's that's kind of different for me. This yeah. one uses so many different artists, and I find it almost just as interesting as someone who doesn't listen to music, sadly. Um when I I wasn't when I first saw this movie in uh, 2001, I saw it in the theater with friends who walked out and I stayed till the end. And um, I didn't know all of these songs. So some of it was original to me. And then every now and then I'm like, why is Nirvana in this? (laughs) So my my musical education has 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 gotten better just a little bit. Um, But I do find it interesting that the wealth of knowledge that you would need in order to like pluck a song from this era and pluck a song from this era and something that, you know, is a ballad mm-hmm. and something that's hard rock and create and somehow make them put together and mesh well and, and, and coordinate. I find that a skill into itself. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the music used in um, uh, Moulin Rouge is primarily nineties. But there are older songs. Diamonds are a girl's best friend is probably from like the 40s or something. Uh, Lady Marmalade was originally the 70s. Well, I mean, that, 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 was made, was... that was made popular. Bowie's 80s, maybe 80s, 70s, depending on which song it is. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I'd have to look at the soundtrack and to, to see the dates. But I think the sure. majority of them are from the 90s. Um, I'll agree, but yeah. Speaking of Lady Marmalade, do, do you... Um, uh, because I do you and I apologize for my poor pronunciation, but do you know what voulez-vous yes. coucher avec moi means? Yes. Do you? Yeah, because I looked it up yesterday. Oh, so you didn't know. Do you want to sleep with me tonight? It, yeah, that, that's what it means. Are you DTF is what it means. So, <laughs> <laughs> hey, yup. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I because hmm, I mean, I've. But doesn't it sound better in French? It it's it does sound better in French. Yep. So it's it's less not so crass. Yes. Well, I, I mean, and there's uh, there's certainly um, 
more crass ways in French to phrase that. So it's actually, if my translation going through like, you know, Google Translate and stuff is correct, that's, I mean, it's essentially, do you want to sleep with me? You know, it's, it's, it, it's not a particularly crass way of phrasing it. So anyway, um, now, even though I'm not the biggest fan of jukebox musicals in general, there are um, definitely good reasons to do a jukebox musical. Uh, you you mentioned um, as a way to uh, um, <clears throat> musical biopics are pretty yes. obvious ones like yes. uh, Rocket Man or Queen or something. If if we're actually doing or speaking of Baz Luhrmann, uh, Elvis, I would assume is um, all Elvis music. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I haven't seen the movie, but I, I would assume so. Um, you know, Rocket Man's all Elton John stuff. Queen is all Queen stuff. Um, that's fine. Uh, another thing you can do is write an original story as an excuse to honor the discography of a particular artist, such as yes. uh, ABBA with Mamma Mia or Frankie Valiant's Four Seasons with uh, Jersey Boys, which I would really like to see someday because I, I really like uh, <laughs> Frankie Valli of the Four Seasons. You've seen it? Three times. Okay, it's good. It's good, right? I hear it's great. So good. Okay, there was I, a lot I, of tears. I loved it. It was, no. um, yeah, I went, I went every night I could to the Muni when it was playing. And then one night it got rained out. And to the point, because it's St. Louis in the summer, it's an outdoor theater, it rains, you wait, they squeeze you off the stage, we continue, right? Well, it just like poured this evening and it we were only like 30 minutes into the show. And so they were, they made the announcement, they're like, guys, we're going to call it. And then Frankie and one of the other guys comes on stage and they're like, we know that you came for this. So we're just going to go ahead and sing it for you. And underneath umbrellas, they sang. Walk like a man. Yeah. It was a very wonderful for me moment. Nice. Okay. So why is, um, uh, Moulin Rouge a, uh, jukebox musical? I don't Why know. Why indeed? I don't know. Don't know. Because um, it could be. Because I, because it could be. So I, how the hell? I I you know, uh, Baz Luhrmann actually was originally planning to have this movie out in 1982, but it took him 20 years to get the rights to all the goddamn songs. <laughs> I'm lying. I have no idea how. But I'm sure it took a damn. It was pretty difficult to get the rights so, to all this stuff. So do hello. Do you? know the point of the red curtain trilogy and i and that's such a weird way to phrase that question I, it's not meant to be no i i don't so he created and this is actually the third i remember last month when we were uh or last week not last month we're still in april um when we were talking about um yours i said this was the second in his trilogy this is actually this his, is the third the final yeah yeah so it does go strictly ballroom then romeo y julieta and mm -hmm. then this one and um, so the what he was trying to do with these movies was use the medium to tell the story more than anything else. So in Strictly Ballroom, the dance is what moves the story forward rather than the characters. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so it's like the movie is trying to be told. Through I should dance. probably rewatch that at some point. Romeo I and Juliet is being told through prose. Mm hmm. That one's kind of a given. I almost find that one a, but it's, it, it, it's that brilliant. one seems. I I liked it. Um, 
either way. And this one's told through music. So for me, and it's the feeling of those different okay. textures and different. Fe- I you want know, to and- tell a story through three different mediums. Fair. Yeah. And so for me, like <clears throat> this one being a jukebox musical is interesting. I like it because it takes what I'm going to put it in quotes because I was a dumbass in 2001 and I didn't know this music, but like it's supposed to be taking that which you already know and putting an emotional context to it. I feel because now you hear that song and it like you're hearing maybe the words in a different way that you never realized were, you know, meant like you well, hear the words to Roxanne and stuff a little differently. And like, cause we, I always knew Roxanne don't turn on your red light, but it's like, Oh, this is heavier than I thought when I was just like, hey, Roxanne. cause isn't that what's his name? Sting or that guy? Uh, like? It's Sting. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty so, yeah, I think so. <clears throat> okay. So, um, okay. So with that out of the way, with, with that, preface explaining that i'm not really a big fan of jukebox musicals in the um i really quite liked this movie um i probably not something i'd ever pull off the shelf and watch again but i i was thoroughly entertained i liked it um i'll, I'll talk about what it the jukebox musical part of it that i i thought was quite well done okay. even though Again, I would have preferred original music, but if you're going to do... Actually, let's talk about it now. I would prefer original music, but if you are going to do a jukebox musical, the least you can do is do something more interesting with non-original music than just cover it with yeah. a, a new artist. They don't just have um, our main cast sing existing songs. They completely rearrange and reformat existing yes. songs uh yes. roxanne being being a, a, an excellent example of it yes um i'd mentioned diamonds are a girl's best best friend uh and not only so so they changed the uh the the entire genre of the original song they because i have this problem when people uh, when musicians cover existing songs i don't have a problem with the song cover but I do somewhat insist, not that anyone asked me, uh, but I do insist that if you're, if you're going to bother covering a song, do something different with it. Do something unique. Give me a reason for it. Now, sometimes well, I like the song and I just wanted to sing it. Ah, you know what? Fine. But it's kind of like, uh, you, you know, um, Bon Jovi's Living on a Prayer, which he covered himself. Himself. You know, the first one is that screaming rock ballad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then he covers it. Oh, we're halfway there. Yeah. Oh, and it's like he does. I All right, hate Doug. it, <laughs> but uh, you know, I'm, I'm. It's fascinating to listen to a completely different version of the song, and and that makes it puts a new spin on existing music and makes it really interesting to listen to. Um, they also. One thing that can be a problem, and Mamma Mia does fall prey to this at times, is sometimes they paint themselves into the corner with existing lyrics. Sure. Moulin Rouge 
is not at all afraid to change the damn lyric line. Take some liberties, when it, yeah. When it needs to. That it does. Cool. No problem with that. And it also does medleys. Really weird medleys. Like, I think Diamonds is our girl's best friend is, like, mixed with uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit. It's like, huh. Medleys, right, are hard to, medleys are hard to write at the best of times. Yeah. But, man. Well, the so, elephant medley is insane. There's a lot in that one. It, would that be the medley that our two leads are singing on her elephant house? That's the one. Okay, okay, because I'm like, none of the songs are about elephants, but there's, like, Seven the or eight it's songs. called the elephant love medley okay well that that makes sense because they're standing on the the random elephant <laughs> that she lives very in. random elephant yes um i totally get why some people would not like this movie at all and to be clear i have my notes um but i can definitely see why why this movie would be um utterly repellent to some uh for multiple reasons there is the baz lerman of it all uh the, the the film is unapologetically and unabashedly goofy as all hell oh my when she's just like rolling around orgasming to his poetry is the, oh, that, oh don't stop that, oh yeah i'm that, like she must have had hilarious. the most fun in the world all right nicole just um writhe <laughs> he's like and the, the double entendre is like he thinks he's she thinks he's coming in to sleep with her and he thinks he's doing a poetry reading he's oh, like oh i love I, it, poetry it, yes i love that <laughs> yeah it's like is this is this a synonym for Sarah? okay oh yes 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 read me your poetry read it hard <laughs> you know? and he's like it's sometimes... he's like well i mean it's kind of long it's like she's like okay <laughs> she's sure. like i hope you like I i'm sure i will <laughs> she's she's fantastic I think like, i'm just was... a little nervous sometimes it takes me a while to get going she's like, okay sure yeah yeah I, yeah I'm very intimidating. So, uh, yeah, that whole scene worked for me. But, I mean, you know, goofy crap about Duke Weaselton or whatever when he loses oh. a gun and his gun and it flies out the window and bounces off of the off Eiffel the Tower. Tower. Sure. That oh, is it's... stupid. I love that. Well, and how, like, the, the moon is singing in their oh, uh, yeah. medley. And just, yeah, the whole thing is is very corny, which I yes. I, I just love. And, um. And I that mean, is not going to work for everybody, and I totally understand that. Uh, but yeah, I I love I. Here are things that I like. Okay. I like fun. It's I fun. like color. I like music. I like dancing. I like uh, laughter and humor and high energy and even just silly, goofy, fun stuff. Yes. And this movie is all of that. Um, now, what about the the beginning of it? was it hard to get into for you? Because when I went to go see it for the first time in, in the theater, and I, I, I mentioned this uh, when we started, my friends walked out all but one. I think I was there with four friends. Um, and three of the, or two of them walked out and uh, Andrew was like, I'll hang out with you because I'm like, I'm enjoying this. And uh then she stayed to the end with me and I was like, thank you. And the other two were like, I can't believe you sat through that. But they left during that first, like, you know, 
the Argentinian falls through the roof and then I'm doing this and they're this and, this and, this and, this. and it's a very chaotic opening. The the whole movie, it. well, there there are moments where it stops and breathes. Um, well, yeah, but when he finds his purpose to love Seth. Sure, sure, sure. But a lot of the movie is, um, as you had said, um, it has an edit every second and a half, you know, um, and that can be off-putting. And I'll be honest, there are many, many times in the movie where I do wish he would pump the brakes on on the over-enthusiastic editing, particularly in some of the big boisterous dance numbers at the Moulin Rouge. It's like, I I want just to want see that I, yeah. I I I just kind of want to watch the can can dancers dance the can can because they can can because they can can exactly. Um, however, I have to give the movie credit because the over enthusiastic editing is done purposefully. Um, it is meant to exemplify and make the audience feel like you are there at the Moulin Rouge where there's color and music and dancing and bodies and explosions and just stuff happening. Oh my God, there's a woman flashing her can-cans and oh my God, there's a woman on a trapeze. He's spitting fire. That that guy's peeing in the corner. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where to look. I, oh, oh my God! Where am I supposed to look? It, it's frantic. It's exciting. It's it's so the idea <laughs> overload, yeah. and that's the point. Yeah. I still wish they pump the brakes occasionally and let me watch the goddamn show. But um, sure, sure, sure. I'm also the kind of guy who would go to like a, a screening of Rocky Horror and wish people shut the hell up. So you know, that's a me problem. I also think it's interesting to bring up Rocky Horror really quick. Um, there's so much more that has been added. Like there truly is. You could talk through the whole movie now. I've gone to them and I'm like, okay, this this is too this much. Is too like now I can't hear. I went with you know, Justin uh, back when we were in college, oh. and um, yeah, there was. I was familiar with the. Um, with the shout outs from mom's generation. I knew right. all of those. Yeah. But when I went in 2000, 2001, somewhere around there, um, oh, there, there's a whole new script and it is Long. ceaseless. It is endless. It's like, Thank okay, you. it's That's too much. Just shut the hell up now. Um, yeah. <clears throat> but yeah. what you were talking about with the beginning of the movie, um, I could see how it would take many viewers a solid couple of minutes to uh, was that Kylie monologue? Yes. Michael Kylie Fish? monologue, yes. Yeah, that's as the Min Mino. meringue, meringue. <laughs> something uh, as Tinkerbell. Yes, that was her, right? Okay. Yes. All right. Um, I could understand a lot of audiences taking a several minutes to pick Orient? up what this movie to reorient and pick up what this movie's putting down to grok how the, it's like. Okay, that's this is what we're doing. I'm either on board or I'm not. Sure. For me, however, um, the Baz does uh, something ingenious, and um, that would be my favorite part of the movie, which is the uh, the, the orchestra conductor conducting the Fox no! fanfare 
and just dun, 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 bah, 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 I'm like, I love this. Okay, now number one, I thought it was hilarious because you knew two, where it was going. Number two, I'm like, oh, that's what we're okay. So I had no problem with the opening of the movie because that told me exactly what this movie is. I'm like, true, okay. And I really, really, you know, one, I said I had notes. One of my notes. I wanted him back for the closing credits. I wanted that asshole jumping around through that the entire through the whole credits. credits. Yeah, because yes. I was like, that, he does come back, but not for long. Yeah, I, missed opportunity, Baz. Um, let me um, again. Overall, quite like the movie. Uh, I, I I I enjoyed it. Yeah. Perhaps a little long at a over two long. hours, but sure. you know, you know. Um, uh, so a couple notes. Um. So, uh, just to give a quick, quick recap of a twenty-year-old movie. Um, oh yes, we haven't even gone there. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah. So, uh, Ian McGregor, who um, every time he opens his mouth to sing, he starts a full fifth higher than you think he's going to. <laughs> but you can see because his lips go up and his palate just goes up, and you're like, he is going to make a very I, large sound. I, he sings. I mean, he he's like you think you can hear the, if you're familiar with music. You're like, why do I hear sound of music? And then you're listening to the dialogue. Are we gonna burst out into the hills are alive with the sound of music? Is that what we're doing? Okay. And so you're thinking the hills are alive with the sound of music. And Ewan's like, no. He's like, the hills are alive with the sound. I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> That, that guy is like full voicing a G. I'm like, good gravy, man. Yeah. He's got a a good old tenor on him. He he's he that's an upper range. Yeah. Which is funny because uh it's interesting listening to him duet with Nicole Kidman because he's above her occasionally. Because she goes down. She goes yeah. down on the on the yep. Anyway, anyway, so uh, he's a writer. He's moving to Paris. He's he lives in a, a flat across the street from the Moulin Rouge, and it's accompanying elephant. Um, uh, the the from what I understand, that windmill is actually a thing. The yes. blue elephant, I don't think, is real. I don't I think don't, that was ever a thing. No, it's the um, windmill is the the yeah. thing. Uh, so he's moving to town, and through shenanigans, the opening hills are alive. He he gets recruited as a uh, playwright for the Moulin Rouge. So, um, meanwhile, Moulin Rouge is trying to court the Duke of Weaselton. Who I mean, is beautiful. Oh, God damn, portrayed. he is funny. Rich, Richard, um, rocks, rock, something, Burrow, rock, so, something. Roxy something. Oh my I God. Think. Is oh he my God. funny that, I mean, he's so slimy. You could feel the pers the, the wet through this television like, screen. It, <laughs> it makes you need to take a shower when he's singing like a virgin. I'm like, oh! and he looks right into the camera. Yeah, Feels so good. Inside. Inside. I'm like, pause. <laughs> so okay, so so um, he's a duke. He has money. The Moulin Rouge is like Sabine. Go uh, Sabine. Sabine Saltine. Satine. Satine. Um, Satine, go um, go seduce him and make sure that he dumps money. Yep. Well, because of shenanigans, they accidentally point at Ewan McGregor, so hence the poetry reading mishap. 
Right. And they fall in love because they're both hot. So hot um, people do. Yep. That's what hot people do. They I wouldn't know, love. but like I hear pray tell <laughs> that this what is what hot people do. That's what I heard. Um, us us low lives really have to have conversation. <laughs> yes, us average people. <laughs> us average folk have to have something to talk about. Yeah, we, we rely on this little thing called personality. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so these two fall in love, which kind of causes a problem because she's supposed to bang Duke with Weaselton. Um, actually, it's like Worcester or something like that. Yeah, Weaselton is it, actually quite fine. working for me. Um, yeah. Um, so, th so they're making. So while they write the play, she's stringing him along. Because, you know, she and uh, Ellen McGregor are an item. And it's, and the whole play itself is a allegory. It's barely an allegory. It's exactly the relationship. Uh, yeah. He's like, oh, the play is about this, um, this playwright who um, is banging or... the person that the Duke wants to bang. And she doesn't. So they write this play behind his bang. He's like, huh, that's an interesting story. It's like... <laughs> Generally, wow. I like it. <laughs> um, <clears throat> they're a little more subtle than that, and so uh, eventually he he figures it out because note one: one of the people who works in the Moulin Rouge, who's to this point, unless I passed out at some point, never had Marie any lines, never had anything, just suddenly comes up and ruins it for everybody. And she's like, hey, did you realize that this is a um, this is a very, very not so subtle metaphor for you and Satine and the, the playwright? Yeah. I'm like, was did something hit the cutting room floor? Because I'm sure she has a motivation because but the shit, the movie never articulated it. So I'm sitting going, who is that? Why is she being an asshole? Because all this is going to do is put her ass on the street too. Yeah, so I would agree with this note. I have to believe that part of Marie's arc was left somewhere. Because she is I mean, named... that character's got to be... I mean, you see her in the background. You, but in, but she. I don't is, think she has any lines before then. She, I'm like, who is? No, this? but she she is very. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Spotlighted a lot. Like she's. Well, the I way recognize that the camera being there. Yeah, yeah, and the way the camera lingers on her and some of the things she does, you realize that she's maybe a little bit more important. But I would agree with you that like. Comes out of nowhere. If it comes, then they needed to pepper in a little bit more, like maybe she wanted to be sateen like she's like that should have been me maybe i'm, I'm sure there's a motivation but we are not privy to it but we're, we're not just gonna to have it. to fill in the blanks ourselves yeah she's just a, a b and then does a tango right so he uh says i'm pulling my money unless you change the ending and by change the ending i mean she needs to come sleep with me because I'm a, a, a rich, powerful white dude, and I could—I I don't know why I'm so obsessed about this one, admittedly very hot person, but like, dude, go get laid. Well, <laughs> You're rich. When he looks like that, though, maybe he doesn't. Well, I mean, but doesn't that is the conceit: is that yeah. <laughs> she is the sparkling diamond. She mm -hmm. is the treasure of the land. Yeah. You—you you get her. You winner, winner, chicken dinner. I guess. So um so she's like, okay, gotta sleep with the dude to um save the Moulin Rouge, and uh Christian throws a hissy fit, and then she she goes 
And then note two or whatever we're up to now. Some guy punches out Duke Weaselton. Who is this guy? Oh, I, I don't know. I had just to rewind. Just some dude. I'm not sure who he is. Wait, was it Zidler? Nope. I had to rewind. I'm like, who is this? Why is he there? I mean, cool, but huh? Who is this? What are you playing with? Don't play with that. <clears throat> so another person, I I don't know See, if he was one of one... Duke Weaselton's bodyguards. I don't because re- he's not the guy with the gun at the end of the movie. No, no, I think he's just one of the, another Mulan Rougers who believes in love and, and is like, oh, we're, we're gonna we're gonna win now, so I'll punch him. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. So uh, they put on the play, and um, uh, note note three, uh, Christian, who again not reacting very well to this whole thing, continues to not react very well to this whole thing in a manner that makes me say, "Okay, screw this guy," because he does the whole slut shamey. Uh, You're here, yeah. poor. Let me Have throw my you money. money. Let- I'm like, oh. Fuck you, dude. You ruined it. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm. I hate that, too. I yeah. hate that. And that happens a lot in these uh, Traviata movies of the courtesan and the pauper who who they love mm-hmm. each other. And then the rich guy is like, I could give you everything, but you don't love me. That's the storyline for everything. It's not. But you know what I mean? Um. Oh, God, where was I going? <laughs> you know, they did it better in Pretty Woman. Well, there you go. Yeah, but no, it, it, that's the thing is like, why is it? That's what I was going to say. In all of these things, it always comes to a head of like throwing money at her. And it's just like, what a just walk away. You got yeah. it for free. Hey, you may have lost the girl, but you got the sex for yeah. free for a while. Yeah. No, bad. Yeah, I mean, you know. I mean, I, because then, yeah, it, yeah, it's bad form whenever it's done in a movie. It has always been. Ugh. Yeah, I, I mean, unless that's literally the point, which again is why it works in Pretty Woman, because right. Richard Gere thinks he's not, you know, condescending to her in that way, and she has to, you know, point out that yeah, dude, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but she does and she does it but she's like you've never made me feel like that until right now. Yeah. And that's yeah. And it's to the movie's credit uh him ruminating on that is I mean he doesn't like oh my gosh, I have learned a lesson. I am because no, he you can tell him just sitting there. It, it's the scene where he goes out onto the damn balcony. It's like He's thinking about this stuff and realizing what he did. Good on you. We're yeah. Sometimes we screw up and and do dumb things. Yeah. I mean, it, what Christian does at the end of this movie is a bit beyond a screw up and a dumb thing. That's just just outright aggressively abusive and and um mean. Yeah, he was yeah. hurted. And I mean, I, I I get he's hurted, but it, it also comes off as a a, a real. No, you you are my possession. You, you you would be sullied and not worth my time if you were befouled by another. It's like, dude, 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 dude. Grow we up. all have a past. Calm yeah, down. grow up. Like, yeah, I, 
I feel like that is kind of out of character for him too. Yeah, it it, it, yeah. I, it also yeah, it, it, it I I expected more of yeah, my on. my darling high pitched voice boy. Um, mm. So uh, yeah, and uh, they needed the conductor to come back for the uh, for for the uh, for the, the credits. credits. So so four four big notes, but other mm. than that, um, not terrible, not terrible. Yeah, I, well, other than that, I I I quite quite like the movie. Um. Out of curiosity, I watched um, Moulin Rouge from the 1950s. Um, I haven't watched any of the other ones because I I don't know when they're from or whatnot. I mean, not that not that kept, that's not what kept me from. But I was like trying to search and I'm like, where are these other movies? Are they similar stories? Well, that's the interesting thing because I watched the 1952 version because. Okay uh that's the only one i could find on any streaming service anywhere there there's a silent film from the 20s which not streaming anywhere there there's one from the 30s i think which also not streaming anywhere there's the one from the 50s and uh, the new one and of course there's the uh, broadway one which which is, is based on the movie so yeah i was going to um, say that's his <clears throat> Yeah. Um, there's all. There's also a couple other. There, there. There's actually a uh, Phantom of the Moulin Rouge, La Phantom de la, I forget oh. the La Phantom de Moulin Rouge. Uh, but anyway, so I watched this one because I thought it'd be an interesting point of comparison. It yeah. has no, nothing to do with it. It's a completely different movie. So it's just uh, set at the Moulin Rouge. Yeah. The the only all of these movies are completely different. They have nothing to do with each other. They're just set in and around the Moulin Rouge. Now. Hmm. That said, I'm glad I watched it because um, Jean Leguizamo's character, Toulouse uh, Lautrec. Yep, uh, Henri Toulouse Lautrec. Uh, that is the painter, painter. dude yeah. from uh, who painted, painted at the Moulin Rouge. <laughs> well, it painted the you know there's the famous Moulin Rouge poster, and I looked up some of his art and like, oh yeah, I've seen a bunch of that before. That guy, okay, his, the clown, his little black and white thing that's like the thing like when he's at the beginning and the end when he's singing <laughs> there is a tale oh the, the yeah uh, yeah that's the that's one of his i'm trying to pull the name out it's not going to come to me yeah. so it doesn't matter um but i thought because the movie the from 52 is about him and oh. uh his uh the, he's a you know a very wealthy man of privilege who can't get laid some good performances and uh um it's well shot and uh i liked a lot of the dancing when when they're in the clubs but oh, i i don't really care about this dude's sex life <laughs> so you know not not you know didn't really care for that movie but um I would have watched. I'm glad I watched it because okay, now I understand why they gave John Leguizamo very short legs, because he, yeah. he, that's because that guy broke his damn legs when he was a kid, and they never healed right and never grew, so he had very short legs as an adult. And was only like five four or something like yeah. that. Yeah, he not um, a midget. He was not a no small no person. He, right he right. Just... He's not a little person. He did not have dwarfism. He had another yes, malady that. Um, that meant his his legs never healed properly and never resumed growing after he broke the shit out of him falling off a horse or something when yeah, he was in the, 12. 
Yeah, in the 1860s, yeah, the care or whatever, whatever that was. Yeah, mid 19th century somewhere. Um, so the you know the, this movie's about uh, he uh, he defends uh, some sex worker who's being harassed by a police person and pretends to be her girlfriend, so he'll leave her alone, and uh, then she just weasels her way into his life and takes advantage of his kindness, and he's just desperately lonely because. Oh all the people he's friends with except Zsa, Zsa Gabor who's in this movie and she's funny and has the two, the two musical numbers and um she's actually in his hallucination on his deathbed she walks in the room darling I heard you were dying just had to come say hello <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious love it. Love where it. the hell is she from Hungary or something do you, oh, do you know where, where? Zsa, Zsa Gabor originates from uh no but now I'm oh. gonna have to okay. look that up um so anyway, he the first hour or so of the movie is this relationship with uh, this woman who just um, is horrible, horrible to him. And so real bad breakup. He never really gets over that, even when he starts dating a some other socialite who's, you know, his equal class wise, uh, who's also but who's genuinely into him. And he hungry. Oh, it is hungry. Wow. Okay. It's, I mean, there's like 200 countries at one out of 200 shots. So Man, she doesn't sound Australian. <laughs> Probably not American. You're like, not that one. Yeah. Not that so, one. Yep. Yeah, Please so, continue. Um, so it ends with, so she loves him, but not only he can't and will not allow himself to be hurt again. And he, he just can't see it. Um, and there's a part of me it's like lady you you know that maybe maybe give him a mulligan on his one bad reaction but then she she goes and she marries uh peter cushing it's like well okay i, I she's like you don't you know she, she like gives him one shot and he's kind of a he's not terribly mean about it. and like he he doesn't like slut shame or anything like like some other protagonists of moulin Rouge right. that, that we could name <laughs> But uh, she, you know, he misses his shot and then he drinks himself to death, literally. And that's the movie. Okay. But at least I understand why they, why they did what they did with John Leguizamo. And I thought it was really interesting in, in the few scenes where they give him the big brown Persian pants. Because they're like, we don't have to do the effect now. John, squat exactly. <laughs> and hide it in the pants. It's hilarious. He's the little, um, <clears throat> and I've said like... I am obsessed with him as the um, the magical sitar. And he's like, mm -hmm. I only speak the truth. <laughs> I only speak the truth. I say that all the time. And I've said that for 20 some odd years. I'm like, I only speak the truth. And it's from this as John Leguizamo. Yeah. So. Um... I'm just really yeah. happy that 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 you liked it. I'm I'm and I'm very happy that from the, that you tell me about that conductor and seeing him that you're like, I understand where this is going. And I actually told Jeremy that when we were talking about it, cause he asked me what I thought you would think. And I was like, I think he'll like it. He's just going to have to get over the first little bit. That's going to be like, dude. And I said, but the thing is, is that my brother understands movie composition and, and like reasoning behind things and, 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 and he, he allegories and everything like that. I'm like, so I know that he'll understand the like <laughs> is the one that I'm like, mm -hmm. I just wanted to get through. And so I knew like that for you, 
it would be like you the choice made sense even if it wouldn't have been your choice even if i yeah i i understand the choice and i on a, on a level agree with it i just like i don't like it it's it's just like the, the the movie's giving me a headache stop it yeah, it's like sometimes yeah. i just want to look at the beautiful outfit that the yeah, person yeah. has on oh, <laughs> what, wonderful um oh wonderful, i think it uh, won costumes. costumes i think it, it won costumes surprised. and it won art direction oh god i love uh oh what's his name uh jim broadbent i think uh plays uh the, the it the, is the, jim broadbent the, the, the leader of the 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 moulin rouge troupe yeah Ziddler. what a performance from him good gravy i i loved uh what they you don't did even with... know it's him i don't even you don't it, even know it, it's him. it took me a little while before i read i'm like i've seen him somewhere it wasn't until um it's it's one of his piercing stare dramatic close-ups where he's talking with some sure. the, the sure. nicole kidman um i'm like jim yeah, broadman <laughs> that's yeah. that's that's who it is but yeah uh, i mean they're hiding them under a, some gnarly facial hair and makeup and uh wig and yeah um well, yeah it's uh good good stuff i, I nothing I, I against you and or nicole but those are very mainstream actors who you would expect to put in a, a great performance. Everybody yeah. else is top notch. The, oh, yeah. the narcoleptic Argentinian is like incredible and incredible to look at. But like, and, and his whole Roxanne guy, and I, I don't know what the heck that dude has done. Yeah, they made Roxanne into a tango. I know. And it's great. It's another way. example where I wish they'd hold the camera still a little bit longer and just kind of focus on the tango. I mean, I again, I get what you're doing narratively, but Bye. stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Point the camera over there. I want to look over there. I want to watch the tango. Yes. Um, so yay. So yay. So yay. All right. Well, then today's episode has come to an end. And actually, so has April come to an end. But oh, no more musicals. No more musicals. But guess what? May what? is a new month. Did mm. you know that? I It goes April into it's May. It's distinct from April? <laughs> Completely separate. It starts mm. back at one and everything. Wow. <laughs> I know. And into May, we are doing <gasps> Mayday. It's disaster movies. Yay. And you, brother are choosing what to start you didn't this was, no, I'm joking. no i i did this this was a really difficult one for me because as far as disaster movies go uh there are a lot to choose from mostly from the 70s <laughs> um they like to ruin the earth back then yes well i mean it, it not that i mean they've been doing um i, I mean Broadly, most people, the glut of uh, disaster movies, particularly in the 70s, I think most people agree, started with Airport in 1970, um, which uh, I I first heard about Airport when I saw Airplane, which was, you know, the Zucker Brothers comedy from 1980. Um, Do you know how sad it is? Oh, it's a parody of a movie I've never seen. Okay. There are a lot of movie parodies that i learn about the movie a lot of a lot of uh a lot of times i will hear the weird al parody before i hear the original okay. song 
Very fair. Very fair. So, um, so, uh, so, uh, you know, it's easy to pick uh, anything from that era, but I mean, it, it didn't start with airport. I mean, obviously we've been making movies about the Titanic for the entire history of film. Probably the most famous one is the night to remember from the later fifties, I think. And I actually considered that one too, because I thought it would be interesting to compare it to the James Cameron one. But I decided instead of, Oh no, our boat's sinking or, Oh no, our plane is crashing or, Oh no, there's an earthquake or an avalanche or a volcano. I thought, we oh God! Go is it a bigger. Sharknado? No, no, no. <laughs> but we are we are going to watch the biggest possible disaster when worlds collide. That would be awful. Yeah, I, that would <laughs> suck. That that's a disaster. I mean, if our planet smacks into another, or. Consequently, another planet smacks into ours, or two, pl- or our planet, and they just kind of both smack into each other. Yeah, we're toast. If someone decides to play pool with the Milky Cosmic Way, pool with, with the planet we're currently standing on, yeah, that, uh, I, <laughs> no amount of calling Mayday is going to help that one. So, <laughs> um, now, I have I have never seen When Worlds Collide. When is it from? I don't even think I um, know. Fifties, some I think early fifties. Grossmutter, I think, talked about it. So I think that. Oh, uh, it's it's a classic. It's it's just what. Uh, since we've got a couple of minutes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, extra trivial trivia, perhaps. Um, uh, yes. What are a few movies that you just assume people our age have seen? Godfather. The Godfather, and that's not okay. even, and that's that's older than us still. Yeah. But I still believe that everyone should have seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, Titanic. Okay. Um, I think everyone our age has seen. Uh, I would. So essentially, say Ferris movies. Bueller days Ferris off. Bueller's days off. That's another one where people like. And John Hughes films. Like um, any John, like Breakfast Club or something. Yeah, the oeuvre of the mm-hmm. Hughes, not 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 to be confused with the oeuvre of the Waters. <laughs> different guy <laughs> um the john, john... Yeah. I, I was thinking of the moulin rouge that i watched was john houston uh oh okay. of uh um uh, uh, treasure of sierra madre naked yeah. city yeah Nelson's that Falcon. was um um oh god angelica's uh dad right i don't know huh oh i thought it was i i it could could be i honestly don't know all right we'll look that up African i Queen. also which I'm I not gonna lie. I really, year? I really think everyone our age Star has Wars. Also seen. Yeah, I was gonna go with the Star Wars and the Indiana Joneses. These are yeah. things that everyone our age has seen. And the Lord my, of my, my my point though is, uh, even though there are definitely movies where if someone says, "Oh yeah, I've never seen Star Wars," I'd be like, "You've never seen Star? How have you never seen Star Wars?" But you know, I'm 47 Back to years the old. Sure, but um. No matter how much of a movie fan I am, if if I, you know, came into this world and was plopped down in front of a TV and did nothing 
uh, but watch movies. No eating, no pooping, no sleeping. Just back-to-back movies my entire life. After 43 years, I still, still miss I, all of them. I still would not have seen even 1% of all no. films. So, no, it's you so know, I, I try not to go, you never, how is it possible? Because I can't see everything. So, yeah, you've never seen When Worlds Collide? It's a classic. You love, you love, you, you love know, classics. 50s sci-fi movies. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. But I have seen Phase Four. Have you? It's the, the one with the uh, intelligent ants. No, that, that's a good one. Maybe, maybe. No, I've seen G Force with the intelligent guinea pigs. Is it the cartoon? No. Is is it? Wait. CG wait. one? Didn't they CG the guinea? Yes, pigs? because Zach Galifianakis is in it. Okay. Yeah, it's it's like a. It's kind of like the idea of the uh, cats versus dogs, where, where yes, you know, yes, it's a superhero team uh, or a spy, t- like Mission Impossible, just, but with guinea pigs, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. good. I mean, it's, it's not good, but it's yeah. So phase, good. phase Phase Four, if I'm remembering correctly, is uh, oh no, the the ants are like really smart, and they may be trying to take over the world. <laughs> so it's it's one of those um, don't discount ants. They they're strong comparatively. Yeah, they, they like start building weird monoliths. <laughs> it's like, what are those ants doing? This is creeping us. It's actually a really good movie. So if phase anyone... Phase 4. Yeah, Phase 4. Not, I, I think that's what it's called. I was about to say, not a memorable name as you're like... No, I not... Well, I, I mean, what it's referring to, I, I think, is like... Uh, kind of like the, the idea of uh, DEFCON 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. It says phase 1 is a problem, phase 2, phase 3. Oh, phase right, 4 right, is a right. really big humanity extinction okay. level problem. It, that kind Fair. of thing is what it's going for. Fair, uh, okay. Again, I, I, I haven't seen that movie in 15 years. Again, another movie, I think, from like the 70s or something like that. But anyway. Um, all right. Well, hey, if you all want to watch... Um, when Worlds well, Collide. When we're worlds collide i was about to say war of the worlds i'm like that is 100 not it when world well, another collide, disaster movie <laughs> that it is um check below and see where it's streaming or available to rent right now and until then you can watch us of movie mandates on youtube or listen on itunes and you know if you like us and you think we're really cool then you can show us some love and you can um subscribe and like and star and leave a comment and leave a review and let us reach a wider audience so that people can also meet us and and love us so there you go so with that i am kelly you can find me on twitter at get isengard and you can find me on twitter at andrew isengard and we hope you enjoyed this episode of movie mandates and we will be back next month with another mandated movie bye bye everyone <laughs>